This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. I don't even know how to start this episode because the Habs are in the conference finals playing the Golden Knights. They haven't trailed for 400 minutes plus. They're chasing their own record. They're juggernaut. What's going on? I like the Habs. They've won seven straight. Feels like '93. I wasn't even born in '93. I was born in 2002. It literally makes it makes sense in some sense because if we look back at a few of our episodes, we've said many times keys to success for the Montreal Canadiens was four lines playing fast hockey, playing the same way, no sleepers. Strong defenseman, Shea Weber playing like Shea Weber, which he is. Then you have the best goal in the world in Nets. They beat the Leafs. They played the Jets and honestly looked like they were playing a practice team. The Jets sucked. It's honestly embarrassing. Looked like a regular season miniseries. Then the conference finals. Like what's going on? They're a juggernaut. I wish I can go back to those tweets from the start of the season. Everyone calling them a juggernaut. Then they played horrible. This is crazy. I don't know what like I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say either, but I'm four hundred minutes. You mentioned this you mentioned this to me before we started. And I think it's something that we have to soak in. <laughs> because this is not something you see every day. <laughs> Definitely not. And the Habs being down three one to the Leafs was a scary sight. And the fact that not only did we end up winning that series, but winning the next and actually being in the final four right now. Yeah. Is Kings nuts. of the North. Kings nuts. of the North. The CN Towers, red, white, and blue. The flag they in, were, <laughs> in Toronto. were really mad about that. The town hall in Toronto has a Habs flag. I don't know. This is the Habs <laughs> Culture Podcast, by the way. My name is Mark Anthony Bertadja. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. 400 minutes without trailing. That's game four against the Leafs. Like, that's crazy. Is it just me or their game style? And we'll go into this a little later, but I just want to point it out. It, it seems to have changed completely. I mean, they rarely dump the puck in anymore. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't they understand. They take quality shots. 
they know how to get the puck out of the yeah. zone all of a sudden. And you know what's crazy is that now since they've started playing this way, there have been immediate results. Mm-hmm. Immediate results. But we've said this in the past. What we, we all, wanted to see. I think we've said it, Mark, every single episode. Yeah. That's This is what we've wanted to see, and I think we it's finally come to exactly. fruition here. Exactly. Eric Gustafson's wiring shots from the point. That Sally was unbelievable. He deked out the camera. Imagine. You see him playing the guitar, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy. God. I had, by the way... Because a few episodes ago, I was like making jokes about like Eric Gustafson and like he's my favorite player. Mm-hmm. I predicted something about him. There was a buddy at work. I think you said two assists last time. I I did, yeah, yeah. right. There was a buddy at work. He's like, "Oh, isn't he your favorite player?" Because he listened to the podcast. <laughs> nope, <laughs> definitely nope, he is not. not. He's not. He definitely played a very not. good game. He's been playing pretty solid. Yeah, Romanov should be in for game one because Petrie's not available. Apparently. I just don't like, and you saw my tweet. I did. It doesn't really make sense that it's even a discussion or an even, like, yeah. why are we even debating between Wallet or Romanov? What is Wallet going to bring that Romanov won't? You know what I mean? Romanov's going to bring everything he would and more. I think they did it on purpose. They told Wallet, get off the ice first to make it exciting. There's always has to be excitement in Montreal. Always. Always. Bell Center, there was fireworks on the roof. After they swept the Jets, I brought a broom downtown. I lost that. it. You lost it? Yeah. That's worth hilarious. it. It was worth it. Of course. But. It looked like a great uh, great environment, great atmosphere. And it's crazy because that's only, don't get me wrong, they still have won eight games in the playoffs, <laughs> but it's not like we've won the cup yet. So it's just, eight games away. Right. But what I'm saying is that, like, Let's let's just say hypothetically the Habs happen to advance next <laughs> round, okay? Hypothetically, Stanley Cup final for like, those who don't notice. What is gonna happen downtown? What happens if they win the cup? I think, <laughs> I think one building's going down in flames. At least one. Yeah. Cop cars are being flipped over. Yeah. Were they? I think so. Wow, that's crazy. People were in traffic cones, lifting them up <laughs> like they won the cup. That's hilarious. Good stuff though. I mean, this is what, just to, to put in perspective for you guys, this is what Mark and I have dreamed for. Look, actually, at the end of the day, we never recorded any episodes near the beginning of the season. Like, we started maybe a month or That's two in. That's true. So yeah. when we started recording, they were kind of in a really <laughs> yeah. bad spot. It but, was it was when Julian got fired. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was like right after that. Yeah. So we never got to talk about that 10 game span where they were on fire. So this is our chance to actually give the Habs full credit for the way they've been playing. And honestly, you're going to see very minimal complaining from me on this episode. And like I said, a few episodes ago to you, Mark, I won't complain if they come out and play 60 minutes of hockey. And for the past six or seven games, they've played 60 minutes of hockey and not a single word is coming out of my mouth or has came out of my mouth. Negatively. Negatively. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, for those who are interested, um, NHL.com is selling, well, they're on sale, the jerseys for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the winners of the North Division. <laughs> those jerseys are on sale if you want to get regular season winner jerseys or shirts. Kings of the North aren't jerseys. You, aren't you going to buy one, though? The Leafs one? I thought you bought a few. 
I need some stuff for my fire pit, so I might <laughs> use that. Just because you're running out of some firewood. Eh? Yeah. Mm. It's probably a good idea. Right? I think they're like 12 bucks on sale. Okay. Not, Not horrible. Bad. Champions of the North. Get out of here. We're the kings of the North. That would be a pretty cool shirt, though. Like tabs with the kings of the North. That would be really cool. I think it says Champions Nord, unfortunately. Nothing against the language. I'm just saying. <laughs> that that gets... I wouldn't... I'm sorry. I wouldn't yeah. that. King of the North would have been... Well, maybe they have. Because I... Look, I, I, I'm not like a huge Raptors fan or anything like that, but they're known as the North. Yeah. And it's cool when they make their merch and it says like King of the North, like Kings of the North or whatever. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool if, if the Habs or whoever. But well, that, sorry, go ahead. Th that t-shirt that you sent into yeah, the group chat I was gonna with, say, it was like, a, like the three to one on the back. Yeah. That was pretty cool too. It's, yeah. For those who don't know, it's Tricolor Spall. They're selling a t-shirt that where it would say Price's name. It says it was. And then 31, there's like a dash in between the three and the one. Yeah, so, so it was 3-1. And then on the front, it was like just a bunch of the like a memorable montage. moments yeah. of the first round. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Creative I would for wear sure. that every day. Yeah. I'd wear it to Toronto. <laughs> get beat up, but it's worth So before... It. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, before we get into the the matchup against the Golden Knights, the Lightning, the Islanders, Bergevin's red suit, um, we're going to do our... Our little mentions here so this episode once again is brought to you by world's best media for those who listen to our previous episodes uh nick does an amazing job at taking pictures video montages he's on instagram world's best media without the o so go check him out for all your needs of photography and secondly we would like to take the time to shout out our good friends at signature pro they have put together weekly memorabilia charity auctions that include a variety of items with star bids of ten dollars $5, and even $1. Every Friday, auctions begins, begin, which lasts till the following Wednesday at 8 p.m., and 15% of the proceeds are donated to a new charity every week. Since the beginning of 2021, they have given back $2,046 per week. Make sure to visit them at signaturepro.bidandraise.com to start bidding now. At signaturepro.bidandraise.com. Do you want to talk about Bergeron's suit right away, or should we save that for later? Because that's an exciting topic. I think that's more exciting than the Islanders. But you know where that branches out to? It's the fact that... Go back to game... Three, if I'm not mistaken. He wore it before game seven? No, no, no. I'm not talking oh. about the suit here. Oh, okay. We're not of, talking about the suit. It's kind of on the same vein. Okay. So, remember when he called... Or people are saying that he called down to make the, interfer the goal interference call? That was game two. Okay, that was game two, yeah. sorry. He never watched the game, a game from the press box, like after that, in that series, I believe, or overtime or something like that. He didn't sit in the press box for overtime. Where'd he sit? He just wasn't there. They would always show Kyle Dubas, and then they were like, Mark Bergevin is not in the press box for this overtime. You see, I thought they just showed Kyle Dubas because it's Kyle Dubas and he's the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs and all hail the Toronto Maple Leafs and Sportsnet. Austin Matthews. Yeah. Oh, I miss TSN. I miss RDS. I miss uh, Pierre yeah, Wood. But it's yeah. crazy because Same. they went from RDS TSN to TVA and Yeah, it's Sportsnet. Bell versus Rogers, right? Um, but yeah, about that call, by the way, apparently you're not allowed to call down. Like He's not allowed technically. I think, whatever, I don't, I don't want to talk about did. this at all, to be honest with yeah, you, because, like, over. who cares? Who cares, literally? But all I'm saying is that I think, like, Mark Bergevin became a little bit like us, and he's a little superstitious, and oh, he when it came is. to overtime, when they, he didn't sit in, 
in the press box when um, when Caulfield finished it in Toronto. Uh, sorry, Suzuki finished it in Toronto yeah. in overtime. And then same thing when Kotkiemi finished it in overtime. And it's clearly been working. Yeah, it's clearly been working. So, um, anyways. But, yeah, the red suit, he was literally matching the walls. Looks like the Joker. It was funny. He's a funny-looking guy. We're but, superstitious. Oh, beyond. Have you moved your jersey yet? So, just to give... Uh, yeah, Because you know what I'm talking about, but... Um, for the listeners listening, um, <laughs> I back when the Habs won game two, I decided that I wasn't going to wear my Suzuki jersey this time, and I put it right on my couch, like right behind me. Ever since, haven't touched it, haven't moved it, and it seems to be working. So let's just hope that continues. Yeah, I didn't wear my Kotkin Yemi jersey until they beat the Jets because I wanted to wear it downtown. Um but I haven't trimmed or shaved whatever's on my face. I don't even know <laughs> if it's considered a beard. But I haven't touched it. And I really want to fix see. it up. Show me. It doesn't look that bad. I mean. Yeah, it's not amazing. Whatever. Um, I would like it gone. But there's no way I'm going to touch it. And then they're going to lose. <laughs> and then I'm going to feel like crap. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really superstitious. As, oh, my God. <laughs> Some of these words with the S's I just can't get. But superstitious. I'm yeah. really superstitious when, it's, when it comes to this stuff. Actually, I was wearing, disclaimer here, I was wearing uh, the same underwear, the same oh. Nick Suzuki shirt, the same sweatpants. Really? Um, game in and game out. So, I don't know. I mean, even to work. Because, unfortunately, for two games during that Winnipeg series, I actually had to work. Yeah. And, you know, Mark was giving me updates. I was kind of watching on my phone in the back <laughs> a little bit. So, sorry to my boss and my manager. But, you know, I, I had to squeak that in there. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, but I had my Suzuki shirt under my my work shirt. I was just, I, I felt I felt something, so yeah. I was I had to keep that on. Anyway, anyways, but, so go no, ahead. No, no, I was just gonna okay. say like we're go ahead, but we're yeah. Now we're, they play the Golden Knights. That's insane. That's actually insane. Always bet on red, by the way. <laughs> you know what's crazy though is well, that. Let me guess what you're gonna say. That I, Michael Frolik has a free vacation. Oh yeah, that's what it is. He's gonna go to the pool. <laughs> It's actually true, though. It should be him and Gustafsson, but it's probably him and Ouellette. Nice at the pool. The taxi squad boys. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Just cheering And Tatar, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but he has to, like, mentally prepare just in case. Just in case, right. But I wanted to say something. Because watching the Vegas and Colorado series and doing, I'm not going to say scouting, but just... Getting an idea. Getting an idea of them, what right? was going on, yeah. right? Both these teams, or both those teams, Colorado and Vegas, are so incredibly strong. Lines one to four, D pairings one to three, and goalie-wise even, I, I'd say Vegas is a little stronger. But regardless, both very strong. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. but Or what we, we were getting ourselves into. But pick your poison. Right, because regardless, you know, it's going to be tough. But what I'm so excited to see regardless of the matchup, is the fact that the Habs are now going to be playing a team that is not one of the other six Canadian teams. And that's going to be so fun to watch. And we're going to get to watch a game, in Ve- or two games in Vegas at least, um, that have 18,000 plus people. And it's going to be such a fun environment. And it feels like things are just going back to normal. And they're going back to normal at the perfect time for a, yeah. Hab- at the perfect time for a Habs fan. And by the way, the, the Montreal Canadiens actually... Provided four different plans to Santé Public to see any type of way that. Did you hear that? Yeah, Sorry, was, I don't know what, what I. What was that? I'm on <laughs> daily face off. Oh. 
and I guess I pressed on an ad and it was full blast in our ears. So if I pause, scared me. If my voice paused, I apologize for that. Yeah, it scared me also. Uh, <laughs> so what I was saying, um, yeah. So they gave four plans to Santi Public to try and get more fans into the building because if you look at Vegas, I think they have eighteen thousand. They do. They have full capacity, except no for masks, like the seats no behind nothing. the bench because right. of the players. But you know what's so cool? You know what makes me laugh? I don't know if I said this before. Why? Why are the coaches wearing masks? No, you didn't. I think you've said it in previous episodes, but yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. The whole arena is not wearing a mask. <laughs> it doesn't really make much Whatever. sense. Whatever. But anyway, so I actually want to. I want to ask you a quick question here, because, you know, I took a look at Vegas's lines, and. You know, other than Pacioretty, Max Pacioretty, former Hab, by the way. Former uh, captain. Former captain. Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, those are their strongest forwards by far. Then you scroll down to their defensemen, and Petrangelo and Shea Theodore are their strongest defense, defensemen. But other than that, their team is just built on strong depth. Very strong depth. That's what I wanted to tell you, right? Did you want Colorado or Vegas to play the Habs? To me, it depend- if I was looking at forwards-wise, I would want to play Vegas. If you're looking at defenseman-wise, I'd want to play... Oh, that's a toss-up, but very close. If you're looking at goalie-wise, I would want to play Colorado because I'd rather yeah. play Grubauer than, than Fleury. Yeah, what the hell was Grubauer doing on that first goal? Was I, he looking yeah, at a fan in the stands? I don't know. I think he thought it was going to like take a weird bounce off the back, but I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, I just, I just think that... You know, a lot of people are saying Vegas and four. It's not going to be close. And this is really not just coming from a Habs fan. This is coming from a hockey fan in general. You, I don't think we know what to expect, or we don't we we don't we don't know what we don't know what to expect, and we don't know what we should expect. We haven't played them yet because right? we haven't played them, and we haven't actually we quite frankly we haven't played any other team yeah. other than those same six. Yeah, so exactly. Who knows? The Habs play style might scare Vegas or vice versa, or it might just be very evenly matched. But regardless, I don't think we can make any assumptions until we get a feel of what we're working with. Here's my hot take. Vegas is bottom six, Habs bottom six. Yeah. I go Montreal's. So Vegas is centers, Montreal centers. I go Montreal. How long has it been where we played a team where we had better centers than them? Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, very good centers, but are they a one-two punch? See, the thing is that I think Vegas is a team that doesn't really need that one-two. They it don't. It works for them, just like the Habs. Right. Right. But but the thing is, is that the thing that stands out to me, Mark, and I, and you mentioned it in a couple couple seconds ago, is the bottom six. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. If you look at the stats here, I'm just gonna pull them up very quickly. But look at the bottom six. So, Matthias Janmark. Nick Roy and Alex Tuck. Those guys combined in that series provided five points. Yeah. Five points total. And the, the fourth line provided four points total as well. So this secondary scoring that they're getting, or mm-hmm. quote unquote secondary scoring they're getting, because I wouldn't call I mean it's not like they're overperforming or anything, but they're getting goals in big moments. And I think people are you know, not giving credit to Alex Tuck or not giving credit to Matthias Janmark or even Nick Roy because those guys are not necessarily showing up on the stat sheet like crazy. You know, they have their few points, but they play such a, this style that just works. It just works. Yeah, I'm just, 
looking like before the series was over, I'm looking at Colorado and I go, there's no way I want to play McKinnon, Rantanen and Landeskog. Right. There's no way. And Makar, like that team is disgusting and I don't understand how they couldn't pull it off. Their power play, I think, was 50%. You know how good that is? So I was rooting for Vegas and I'm happy they won because I think it's a better matchup for the Canadians. These are both teams that like to play and use their depth, use their speed. It's going to be very exciting. I'm really excited for this matchup, especially especially the goaltending matchup. Mm-hmm. Marc-Andre Fleury, when he comes to Quebec, it's not even fair how well he plays. Yeah, he's Unless a they play great Robin Leonard. goaltender, man. He's a great goaltender. But, um, yeah, you know, this team, like I said, it doesn't have any of those players that stand out to me, but they all do their job so exceptionally well. Mark Stone, you know, I think he started to get the praise he deserves. However, I still do believe that he's a little underrated. He's so good at mm-hmm. taking the puck away from the opponent. He's great in the neutral zone. He's great defensively. And not only that, but he can produce offensively. And then you have Max Pacioretty, right? He's a pure goal scorer. He knows how to put the puck in the net. And it's just a matter of time before he picks his corner, right? Uh, Chandler Stevenson, look, like you said, the center depth isn't insane. But like the Habs, they it works for them. It does work for them. So I think regardless of the team that we're facing, right, whether it would have been Colorado or Vegas, which is reality now, they're both very strong teams that that are coached very well and play this game style that actually just works against most teams in the league. Look, do I see Phil Deneau's line locking down Chandler Stevenson's line? Yes. Maybe. Do I see him locking down Landis Cog's line or McKinnon's line? I don't know. So I agree with you in that sense, but at the same time, I think we have to give them more credit than they deserve. Oh, definitely. Vegas is an amazing team, and they've been to the... No, but I'm talking about the Phil Deneau line. Oh, Phil Deneau, definitely. No, but what I'm saying is that you're saying you don't know if they might... If they were... If they could have been able to lock down the McKinnon I'm saying that line. because no, you've never played them before, right? Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that Phil Deneau has also... or I'm saying Phil Deneau, but who, Phil Deneau and whoever he's played with... Lekkanen and yeah, right, Gallagher. Like it's, it's changed a little bit, but regardless, yeah. they've been able to shut down most lines they've played. And mm-hmm. that includes Matthews, Marner, um, like, I mean, Shifley for a game. But <laughs> um, who else are we talking here? Uh, like Blake Wheeler and yeah. uh, those Kyle guys. Connor. Like Kyle yeah. Connor. And then even during the regular season, McDavid and Drysaddle. So I don't think we can, you know, shy away from the yeah, fact that they could have done it. Right. But yeah, I. But I'd that's much, not the situation we're in. Anyway. Yeah, I'd much rather play Chandler Stevenson Absolutely. than Nathan McKinnon because they're not as dangerous with the yeah. puck, right? Yeah. But then we. I just want to point something out because they're defensemen. Looking at first of all, Petrangelo is such a good defenseman. Again, I take Colorado's defense over. Oh, absolutely. Vegas. Yeah, I, I think so too because they've really taken Devon Taves and you know they took him from the Isles. Yeah, and they made him into this defenseman that they can roll in their top four and they're comfortable with it. Makar, no words. Yeah, incredible. Sam Girard has stepped up his game big time. Mm-hmm. Ryan Graves is just Ryan Graves. You know, he's a lockdown guy that plays in your yeah. top six, and it's working for them. But then again, don't. They play, Vegas past. plays way better as a unit defensively. Absolutely. That's what won them the series, right? 100%. And look at their top six, right? Because Petrangelo and Shea Theodore are arguably, not arguably, they're both top 10 defensemen in the league. And they know how to put up points, but they also know how to defend incredibly well. And yeah. Alec Martinez was quite possibly one of their better trades that they ever made. Because Overtime hero. Right. 
And then look, you look at Braden McNabb, Nick Holden, White Cloud. Um, you know, there, there's no names that really stand out to me there, but they, like you said, they play as a unit and they know how to shut down. And that's what's great about their team. I'm just curious. Sorry, I, I saw you were about yeah. to say something. I'm just curious, like, how the Habs will approach it. I'm looking, I'm not, like, look, Vegas finished miles ahead of the Habs in the regular season. They've been a juggernaut for a few years now, well, ever since they came into the league. I'm just looking at them, and I'm comparing their first line with our first line, their first pairing defenseman with our first pairing defenseman. I don't know. I don't see this being... I see this being very tight played series. So I have a question for you, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, go ahead. Because I agree with you, but my question is is that if you were to take a stab at it right now, regardless of the fact that you're a Habs fan, Mm -hmm. what's your series prediction? Do you have one? Because I'm not going to lie, when it came to the Leaf series, I did say Leafs in six. I said that. I said yeah, Leafs I said in it six also. or Habs in seven. I said Leafs in six, which technically should have happened. They just needed one goal in overtime. Right. But but, but I'm just saying, like, do you think Vegas the, takes this series? I do not. Really? Okay. I'm looking at this Habs team, and I just don't see any holes. They're good in front of their net. They're good in front of the other team's net. They're playing quick. Everyone's rolling. There's no sleepers on this team. That's what the most important key is. There's no sleepers. And there might not be any sleepers for Vegas. But if the Habs go 50-50 in Vegas, whether it's game one, whether it's game two, I think they take the series. I like that call. I really do. And not even as a Habs fan because I think I think you're right. I think this They need to win one of the games because Vegas just doesn't lose at home. Right, because and who's going to lose at home with 18,000-plus fans who are so passionate about the game? Exactly. Passionate. Expansion team passionate. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, <laughs> Vegas fans in general, like not even hockey, but just sports fans are just crazy. Yeah. Because Vegas is a crazy place. The Canadians, I just look at this team, they're on a mission. They are, and... And so I, I know you were going to, I know you want to finish your thought. Cause I want to make a comment about, no, that. I was just going to say, I just looking at this team practice, look at this team travel, looking at Carey price in his post game conference, they have a goal in mind and it's not to satisfy. Oh, we made it to the third round. No, they, there's something more. Right. And we all know what that more is. Uh huh. Right. And I'm just scared personally about the fact that, that they've been off since what? Monday. Well, I don't understand why Vegas gets a break. How is that fair? Yeah, because we were thrown right into it two days later. Usually, if you finish a series in advance, you get a break well-deservedly because you Absolutely. won earlier. But maybe maybe it will be used to our advantage because taking a break, in my opinion, especially in the playoffs, look, it's nice to rest a little yeah. bit. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, sports in general, and more specifically, these playoffs... Momentum. His momentum. All about momentum. I would have liked to see... A Saturday night game, game one, Saturday night. Yeah, I really, I would have gotten because now off it's for that. Monday. That gives Vegas time to rest, which they went to six. So why do they get rest? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna complain because look, the Habs need to play the same way they've been playing. Who knows? They're 50 minutes away from beating their own record in the playoffs without trailing. That's cool. It's pretty cool. I just wanna, um, if you don't mind, because I've I've spoken about it on previous episodes yeah. before, but I think it's something that should con continue to be emphasized and that thing is is how 
and, and I said it, and I honestly kind of ripped Ducharme for it. And now I don't know if he listened to the podcast or he listened to maybe my advice, but started keeping the lines together and they've started to build chemistry. You can't switch the lines up every other game and expect something to happen. Now these lines, every single one of them, every single one of them has learned how to play with one another, knows where to be on the ice, knows how to make clear-cut passes to the guys that they're used to playing with. Used Funny to how that with. works. Yeah. Right? It seems so straightforward. <laughs> seems so simple. Right. And and now and now look, let's just let's just be real here. If we were let's say we were a game okay. When the halves went down three to one, that was game four, right? Then yeah. game five. What if what if Ducharme split up the wall split up the lines, change them completely? This is just my take and you could disagree with me if you want, but I don't think the Habs would win that game. I don't think they'd be where they are. I truly think that Toffoli, Caulfield, Suzuki have been playing incredible hockey. They're all on the same page. Armia, Perry, um, Stahl, all on the same mm-hmm. page. Dano, like every line, every player, every line is on the same page, including the D pairings. Sherrod has stepped up his game. Weber has stepped up his game. And clearly, Carey Price has stepped up his game. So with that being said, these lines are all working with one another, but then it goes far beyond that to the point where they're all working as one. Yeah. And that what makes a successful hockey team. Completely agree. Like, I literally have nothing else to say because we've said it many times. That's how they're going to be successful, and they are being successful. Um, I want to say something. Oh, yeah. Because you mentioned this before we started recording. Ducharme, your hot take. Or maybe not it's, so hot, it's just your opinion. So it's not really a hot take. It's just, I think now a lot of people are saying, Oh, now he's automatically getting re-signed. He's coming back next year. He's proved himself, this, that, the other. He's proved himself. He showed, as a coach, what he's capable of and what and what type of style he's capable of coaching of. But I think this series, and I'm not just saying this, I think this series will really show who he is as a coach. And I'll tell you why. Because... Because they're playing a team they never played against? Kind of, yeah. So it takes... He's going to need to adjust right off the bat, right? He's going to get a sense of what type of play or what type of game Vegas plays. And he'll see it. He'll see it right off the bat. Are they conservative? Are they aggressive? Are they aggressive in the neutral? Are they great defensively? Are they sloppy offensively? Regardless, Mm -hmm. he will need to make adjustments accordingly. And if he does... I think he can be successful, but if he goes down one nothing or two nothing in the series, hypothetically, yeah, let's see what he does to make those adjustments because adjustments are going to be required. Yeah, but um, look, don't get me wrong. I know I said it before, and I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. I think he's shown what he can do as a coach, but I still think that he needs to show me what he can do against this type of team. Because look what Barry Trotz... Barry Trotz has made a living... And don't get me wrong. He's the best coach in the league. So I don't yeah. want to really compare. But he's made a living off of upsetting these teams that when they go into playoff series that are of a higher seed, right? Whether yeah. it be Boston, whether it be Pittsburgh. And then everyone's like, oh, how they do it? Barry Trotz. Show me Dom Ducharme that you can upset Vegas or you can upset the higher seed. 
which they did against the Leafs and yeah I don't know. Dom Ducharme will be extended. That's my take. He'll be extended. He will. Match, he was no going to be extended after Game Seven against Toronto. That's my take. He was going to be extended no matter what. But are you are you like happy with that? Because look, do you here's think, the thing. I want to know what you have to say about him because I know we were both yeah. not happy with him like near the end of the season. I remember that we weren't. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I, I'm happy. Sorry, I just yeah. want to say something for people listening. I it's not. I'm not ripping him i'm not saying he hasn't proved himself i'm just saying that i think this series is really going to show what he's capable of as a coach yeah and that's yeah it makes sense but i've never seen well never i remember the last time i saw montreal canadian's team buy into a coach's philosophy and a coach's system than with dominic ducharme there's players post game saying yeah this is what they're quoting their coach in interviews they're all playing the same type of hockey as a unit and it looks like a team it looks like a family and it's just going everything's going perfectly perfectly sorry all their plays are to perfection everyone's on the same page from their goaltender to their first line center everyone's on page on the same page and i don't remember the last time i saw that I don't think we saw with Claude Julien in the playoffs. Like, well, let's go back to Claude Julien in the playoffs. I don't think we saw that. There was guys like Andreas Martinson. There was guys like Steve Ott. This team is the first time in a long time that we've seen a full unit of players play the same way and the same type of hockey to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Dom Ducharme. I think he's done a great job of bringing these guys that have been through so much, so many ups and downs, and in a short period of time to implement his system and his philosophy and to make it work at the perfect time. So if you don't mind me asking you a question, yeah. it's not really an on-the-spot question. To me, the Habs really flipped the script when it came to Game 5 against the Leafs, right? Oh, definitely. They, we, we saw a completely different team, basically. So with that being said, what do you think... Because... One game, it went from dumping the puck in, no chase, no aggressiveness in the defensive zone, mm-hmm. no aggressiveness in the neutral zone, and then all of a sudden, all of that disappeared. Do you think it was something he said? Do Four you words. Four. Playing not to lose. You go into game five, you're down 3-1, go out there and win this game. There's no more, you know what, let's try and steal one, because there's no stealing one when you're facing elimination. I think they went out there. He said, give it your all and play to win. That's what happened, right? Because they weren't, they went out there, they scored the first three goals of the game. There was no backing off. Usually when they score two, they're like, okay, let's back up a bit, make sure we keep this lead. No, they kept going. They blew the lead, which sucks. But I think that's what happened. And they had a players only meeting, which we talked about last episode. Right. So, which I think did make a big difference. Yeah. But I'm very satisfied with Dom Ducharme. I think he'll be the coach next season. I think Mark Bergevin will get a nice extension. Like this guy built a playoff team, not a regular season team. He built a playoff one. And it's working extremely well. So now for next year, it would be how do we make sure that we're in the playoffs at a consistent rate, going into the playoffs? Right. Consistency, right? Yeah. Instead of ups and downs, ups and downs, I, like 
in the past few seasons. Absolutely, and I think he'll have to make a couple moves. That's I he think has to because saying. look at the Atlantic Division next year. It's stacked. It's stacked, and no one's real. No one's really talking about this because everyone's so lost in a Cinderella story that the Habs are riding on. How amazing is this for UFAs, like for team for players that are considering Montreal? Our core is less than 30 years old, if yeah, you think of it. We're very young. This is a young team that's playing extremely well. And if a UFA thinks that if I go, or am I watching Carey Price, if I add myself, who am, if I'm a Seth Jones, if I'm a whoever may be, Alex Ovechkin, and I want last sh- a last shot at the cup, I want it with Carey Price. And if I can make a difference, if I could take this team over the hump, unless they win this year, obviously. Then let's let's give it a shot. Well, look, and I think and I think you're 100 percent right. And even just adding the fact that to Foley and Anderson, I mean Anderson was traded here, but no player is just going to get traded here and decide to sign a seven year extension without right? even visiting the city. Right. right? And then to Foley, one of his biggest motivations to sign with this team was the fans, the environment, the stadium. Sorry, the stadium, the the Bell Center, yeah. the 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 whole the whole thing altogether, and the franchise itself. And I think, look. The Habs have had a very hard time in, in the past um, recruiting some of these bigger-name guys, but who knows now? Because the thing is that now the Habs are proving that they can do something and they can actually do some serious damage, and maybe they're that one top-six winger away or that top-four defenseman away from actually being a contender yeah. year in and year out. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's just let's be real here. I know Seth Jones is a UFA, but not, not this year. Not next this year. year. So yeah. he would have to get traded. But regardless, yeah. I mean, adding a guy like Seth Jones to that top four, I'm not saying it's a great top four. He's it's a solid. big boy. But not only is a big boy, Mark, I, again, a little bit of a hot take. I do believe that he's a top 10 defenseman in this in, in the NHL. Yeah. I do. So adding a top 10 defenseman to Petrie and then Romanov, and then you want to like Sherratt and Weber and that Kale guy that... Flurry and right. Jordan so, Harris. And what's the guy that we signed? I, I forgot his name. Matthias Norlander. Norlander. So, I mean, you have that, and then you have that those 12 forwards who we're, we're not even including Evans right now because mm-hmm. he's not playing yet. Yeah. But it's... We're so deep. So we're that one piece away. And look, I don't want to talk about this yet because... Well, I talked about it a little bit, but well, all I'm saying... Yeah, we're going to talk we're still about that in later. in the middle yeah. of... Of a playoff run. An extremely good playoff run. We just swept the Jets. Oh, the Jets played horrible. Do you want to talk about... Because now we're reaching the 40-minute mark. you want to talk about Lightning Islanders and then our Conn Smythe predictions? Yeah, I do. And then we could actually talk about, like, quickly the um, the other award nominees that came out. And we can give our predictions yeah. for that as well. I think Habs Islanders Stanley Cup Finals would probably be the most boring Stanley Cup Final in the past it decade. Just, just based off names. Because... Names and the way they play, right? The Islanders play the trap. I don't. I honestly don't believe that the Islanders are going to win. I don't. I don't either. But who knows, right? At this point, like it's crazy what the Islanders have been able to do. Who knows about the Habs? Who knows about the Islanders? It's literally. I'm excited for both these series. Obviously, I see the Lightning taking the edge over the Islanders. I don't know in how many games. And the thing is here, and I'm not going to go on a rant about yeah. this for too long. I just think that the Lightning know how to win they've proven it last year with basically the same team they've brought in some extra pieces Vasilevsky aside from Carey Price is the goalie I want in Nets 
and you have defensemen that are able to move the puck. They're solid. And then the forward core is very skilled, and they've been getting a little bit of slack for five-on-five scoring. But at the end of the day, the, the difference is, is that those players are able to score at will, mm-hmm. right? You don't, it's, not, it's not like they depend on the power play. Yeah. They take advantage of it. There's a huge difference. But they're still able to capitalize yeah. at five-on-five. And look, the Islanders, to me, even in the Boston series, to me, they played back on their he- they played back on their heels. They gave up a shit ton of shots. Sorry, I now it's explicit, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, they gave up so many shots, and they capitalized on the minimal opportunities they were given. But that's how they won yeah. the series. But I don't know. What do you think about Sorry. that series? Yeah, before I talk about it, you, right. you take Vasilevsky over Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard has an uh, an outstanding <laughs> eight goals against average. I thought average. that was going to be a serious question, actually. Come on. You, I, I love when you throw in those random Yeah, comments. I always do. No, this series, honestly, I watched the Islanders play Boston, and they manhandled them. And you look at this team, and you go, but how? We, we both know how, and it, it's not... Their coach, yes. Right, yeah. But they just play a system that's so effective. Because but they score also. It's not like... Remember Philly last year? They would score twice or once and against... Win with Uncle Nate on their team, right. they'd score once and then back off. Mm-hmm. Play the trap, and then we couldn't score on Carter Hart. These guys score at will. They yeah. just score. And you know what's crazy is that, like, you look at their lineup, right, and you look at Barzell's incredibly skilled, and, look, he's he has his flaws in his game that I think he'll... It's a little hump that he'll get over, but um, you look at Barzell, Beauvillier, Brock Nelson, and All, I'm naming these yeah. guys that are... I'm not saying are irrelevant, but that you wouldn't... All that, great depth players, except that, for Barzal, obviously. Right. But they just work so well together. It, it's a, it, to me, this is solely the system. Solely yeah. the system. And they, they've, all, they've all bought, bought in. into it. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, I see Lightning winning. It's a I rematch from last year, right? The yeah, conference they played, finals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do a consmite prediction for each team of the last four? Sure, Last and then four. and then we'll give the one, and then we'll give our like finals matchup, yeah. and then we'll say which one we think like out of the two would win. You okay, know what I mean, okay. You want to go first? Ah, uh, sure. Okay, well, so we'll start well, with Lightning do, Islanders. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. mind. So I think okay, go ahead. Actually. Lightning. <laughs> we'll start with Lightning. We'll go one each. Okay, right. Lightning. I'll go with uh, Consmite Nikita Kucherov. Okay, I like that. I was gonna actually maybe say the same thing, yeah. but I think at the end of the day. I'd have to go with Vasilevsky. Okay. Yeah, I, it's... I think. And then for the Islanders, I mean... I have a choice, actually. Hold on. Give me... I kind of... It's going to be like a weird one, eh? I have... No, mine's pretty normal. It's Kyle Palmieri. Okay. That's okay. my guess. If they would win the cup, obviously. So, okay, I like that. Do you want to hear mine? And and it's a little weird. It's definitely a little weird, but the team as a whole is a little weird. It can't be the coach, by the way. It's not it can't. the coach. Okay. You're going to get mad at me, I think, here. Will I? Well, Sean not mad, Zajac. but you're going to... No, 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 no. It's a defenseman, actually. Going with Adam Pellick. Well, Adam Pellick. I don't think... They won't give it to him. If someone would have said, Oh, Mark, you do a podcast? Have you ever spoken about Adam Pellick? <laughs> I would have said, sorry? <laughs> Who? No, but, you know, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, the playoffs, to me, really scope in on defensemen and their not only their ability to score and put up points but their ability to actually take away quality scoring yeah, yeah. chances from quality players and 
Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak, that great duo, has been lined up with since Series 1 against the Crosby line yeah. and then the Pasternak line. And they've been able to limit those scoring chances to the point where they're actually in the position where they're in the third round um, of the of the playoffs. Again. Again. And I don't... And I truly think that without that pairing, without the... Like, I think... I was talking with my friend about it, and I think that Pellick will actually get upwards of $5 million in in free agency when he becomes a free agent. Yeah. But with that being said, I think his talent is still underappreciated because he still brings something to the table every single night. Now, I know it's a little bit off the that board. That whole team is underappreciated. Right. But I could also see a guy like Beauvillier or Brock Nelson winning yeah. it if it came down to it. But I don't know. It's really weird, man. Yeah. They're a weird team. <laughs> they are. Uh, Golden Knights. I think Marc Andre Fleury, Fleury, yeah. Fleury okay. but I could, al- but I could also make a make a uh, argument argument for Stone. Yeah, I'd go Fleury. It's just they don't beat you know Colorado. You know what I'm actually gonna go Fleury. with on Vegas? I have a different one. Chandler Stevenson. No. Keegan Colasar. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make my one comment, <laughs> and and then the Habs. I don't even really need to. Uh, I don't. Yeah, think. I don't know. Has there really been a guy who's stood out? I don't know. I'm so... I, I don't recall. Paul Byron, maybe. <laughs> Where's he been? Oh, almost forgot. The guy in Nets. Oh, Jake Allen? Regular season MVP, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Carey Price. Yeah, I, I don't think we Without need to Without a doubt. Okay, in your uh, finals matchup? So I think finals matchup, I'm going to go with... I'm going to think. I'm going to say that the Habs put up a fight, but I'm still think. I still think Vegas is going to take it. Look, okay. and again, for people listening at home, please don't say, oh, you're such a fake Habs fan. No, I'm just... No. I'm giving my honest opinion, and I think that the Habs are on this incredible run. But at the end of the day, Vegas is built for this. Yeah. They are built for this. So I'm going to say Vegas in seven. I think the Habs will take it the distance. Oh, we're giving games? I'm just giving the games just okay. because I think it's going to be a very close series. So Vegas in seven. I'll see them in the finals. And yeah. I think Tampa is also going to win. They're going to take it to the finals. I don't know about games. I think I'd probably say six. In the finals? So oh against the Islanders okay yeah sorry so so Tampa Vegas and then I could so I could see Vegas taking that so winning the cup wow and I would take as my Smythe winner Mark Andre Fleury and depending on the play later on not Cole Star not Cole I don't know I I mean this is just something that I came with off the top of my head but I think Vegas is very strong and we're getting ourselves into a little bit of a yeah, Road well, walk, you're in the top four, knows? so. Right. I'm going to go with uh, the Lightning beat the Islanders in five. The Habs beat the Golden Knights in six. Wow. I like it, though. Go with my heart, not my, my head in this <laughs> one. There you go. Then I'm going to have the Lightning beating the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup Finals, which would make me cry for years. Lightning going to go back-to-back, my opinion. Not only because they're $17 million over the cap, did you see Dougie Hamilton's comment about that? Right. You know what? I completely agree with that. And n- again, for Tampa Bay fans that are going to come at us saying, hey. You mean the only t- one? Yeah, the, the only one. And he knows who he is. <laughs> Who's going to say, hey, you know, it's in the CBA. You're allowed to put guys in LTIR. Kucherov was not hurt for the last three weeks. Let's be real. And second of all, Dougie Hamilton's comments wasn't even about the injury. It was about. Oh, no. It was just about the whole like. It's about what if Carolina? What if Carolina was seventeen million dollars over the cap? Imagine their team, right? So that's what I'm saying. 
Anyways, I have Lightning beating the Habs in the Stanley Cup final. I don't know how many games it's going to go because I think it's still a long way away. I don't know if what I just said makes sense. But I see the Lightning beating the Islanders, Habs being the Golden Knights. My consummate winner would be Nikita Kucherov. And if the Habs win, Carey Price. And then our bold predictions for game one. Then we'll end it off. Yeah, I like that. Um, Monday night, 9 o'clock, by the way. At T-Mobile Arena. I'm going to say Habs still game one. So that's wow. not my bold prediction, but I'm just that's my first game prediction. Yeah. And I'm going to go by a score of 3-2. to two. And I'm going to say, I know I said it last time, and it came somewhat close, but I'll say Cole Caulfield scores a goal in, okay. that, in that game. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with two goals from Arturi Lekkonen. What? That, but he's that type of player. Yeah. That, he is that type of player. That two he comes up in Leckie. weird moments. Yeah, two goals from Lecky. I like it. All right. And do you have a prediction for game one? Like, uh, like who's going to win? I'd prefer not to say. Okay. I don't love uh, predictions because I don't like jinxing. I don't like. I don't think it's a jinx. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I ho- I think the Habs are gonna steal one in Vegas, and I really hope they do because I think if they don't, then they're in real trouble. But we'll see. Anyways, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one.